I am so blessed, so blessed to be here today. Um, Jonathan came to me a few weeks ago and said, hey, would you mind preaching? And I said, do I have to? Um, but no, I, I, don't, I don't mind getting up here. I'm not a shy person by nature, but um, uh, I had already planned it out. I said, you know what? I, I know exactly what I want to talk about because the teenagers are at my heart. The next generation is so important. And I said, that's what I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to talk about how we need to identify with this new generation and everything. Well, about three, four weeks ago, um, got news that a friend of mine had passed away. She, um, she had been struggling with cancer for a while now and uh, haven't heard anything from her. I've heard, oh, she's not doing well or whatever, and that's all I heard, but then all of a sudden, Facebook, you see it on Facebook, you know, another angel gets their wings and, and it just stopped me dead in my tracks. Um, I went to her funeral. Um, she is the pastor's wife of the church that I used to go to, Faith Baptist, and um, went to her funeral, listened to some things they said about her and her lifelong service and what her life went through, the things she went through in her life and how her story helped other people. Well, God said, you know what, Jason, you're not doing that message you thought you were doing. And I've learned that when God says you're not doing something, you better not do it. So, um, so I decided I want to give you a little bit about an important time in my life. Um, I know some of you, a lot of you know me. I mean, I've talked to a lot of you, but there's some people who don't. Um, but a lot of you don't know my backstory and where I came from and the things I've been through and uh, where I am now. Um, so growing up, I, I grew up in a typical Christian family. Uh, we didn't very, attend very often to church. We'd become on Easter and Christmas. It was one of those, every, every week worship wasn't big for us, but you know, we believed in God, we, we, we served him, and that was my life. Um, until one day, my friends invited me to church. Um, while I was at church, I went there just for girls. I'm not going to lie. That's why I went. And uh, so we went there, and my buddy says, come on, why don't you come to a revival? It's Elvis Presley's uh, stepbrother is the evangelist that's coming. Well, some of you know this, some of you don't. My middle name is Elvis, which, by the way, is really hard when you're in elementary school with a name Elvis, Okay. As you get older, it, it's a cool name, and ha, 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 but you're terrorizing you're younger, trust me. Thanks, Mom. Um, so I said, all right, yeah, I'll go. And, and that night, um, long story short, he wasn't able to land his plane. The plane wasn't able to land. It was real bad weather, and the youth pastor got up and gave his testimony. That night, I gave my life to Christ. Um, I was baptized on Cinco de Mayo, uh, 1995. Uh, I was 14 years old. Um, my life had completely changed. Even though I was never really a bad kid, I didn't have a purpose. I didn't have a direction. I just was going to go into computers somewhere. Um, God changed my direction. Well, ambitiously, I've never been a very ambitious person. It's not like I want to go rule the world. I don't want to be a CEO of a company. I don't want to be a baseball player. What I wanted is I wanted to be a father. I wanted to be a husband. And I wanted to find a job where I can just be happy with my life. That, is all, that was my ambition. Everybody goes, well, you, don't you? No. 
This is all I want. I want basics. Well, I started achieving some of these things. Um, so I felt called to the ministry at 18 years old. Uh, I talked to my youth pastor. He kind of took me under his wing, taught me some things. Um, during this time, I met my wife. Um, we got married. We had two beautiful girls that just changed my life. Um, I was living the high life, you know. I was a youth pastor. I had the family. I had the kids. I had everything I wanted. I was like, God, this is it. This is, this is what I want. And I only see things going up. But as we know, you don't stay up there your entire life. Life is definitely a roller coaster. Well, I hit the top, in my opinion, and it was around 2012. My dad got really sick. During this time, my wife and I were having some marriage problems. Um, my dad went from, in one day, being someone who worked at Home Depot, carrying stuff, Mr. I work way too much, to couldn't even walk. And we didn't know what happened. During this time, his health declined majorly. Um, during this time, also, my wife and I had a lot of problems. During this time, also, I started having some problems with leg swelling. Didn't know what was going on. I had started working a job where I was sitting all the time. I had gained a lot of weight. I was at my heaviest point. My legs were swelling. All this stuff is going on. I was hospitalized for something called cellulitis, and I was there for a week. So my health is going down. My family is hurting. I was also working at a store, and I lost my job. So now my job, my family, my health, and then my dad passed away. It was a really, really, really hard time for me because my dad had always been the patriarch of the family. He's the one who kept the family together. Well, I'm his only son. So it was now my job to make sure my family stayed together. So I put that pressure on me. I said, I'm going to take care of it. And he just nose to the grindstone. And the whole time I was smiling. I was smiling in every picture. I went back and looked at some of the pictures from then. You could not tell what I was going through just by looking at me. I had the biggest smile on my face. But I was being destroyed inside. Then my marriage fell completely apart. So now I've lost my marriage. I've lost my father. I've lost my job. I felt like I was in that pit. I lost my ministry because I had to focus on my, my mess. So I lost everything. And I said, you know what, God, what are you doing? This is not fair. This is not fair because I have committed my life to you and you let this happen. You let this happen. Well, as we have heard in the past few weeks when Jonathan starts talked about why, why does this happen to us, God? It's not God letting this happen. Things are happening and God is trying to make a beautiful thing with the mess that we're in. Well, I couldn't see that at the time. I started getting really depressed. I started hearing all kinds of negative things. You're not good enough. You're not a good enough dad. You're not a good enough husband. You're not a good enough son. You're not a good enough person. And I heard all these things. You see, I've got ADD. Now, parents, any parent who has a child with ADD, bless you, bless you, bless you, okay? What you will know is, let me give you an example of what ADD is, okay? 
Imagine listening to your radio while watching a TV show, while reading a book, while someone's giving you very important information that you have to write down on how to build an Ikea furniture. Then you're supposed to be carrying on a conversation about your relationship. That is what ADD is like every day. You've got so many things, your brain is going 100 miles an hour, and you can't keep up. So all this stuff is going on, and in my mind, what I'm hearing is, you're not good enough. You're a failure. You let your marriage fall apart. You weren't there when your dad needed you. You weren't there for anything. You lost your job. What's wrong with you? I felt this big, but I was still smiling. Everybody thought everything was great. Like, man, I, I hate that happened to you, but you seem to be okay. I was fine to everyone else, falling apart inside. Okay, so then, this point in my life, I got into a really low place. I went and spoke to somebody. I said, look, I need to speak to you. I'm in a low place. And the person said, I don't have time for you right now. Talk to me later on this month. I didn't need them later on that month. So I walked and I started looking for help, some help somewhere. I had friends in my life who were there trying to help me. But I found a pastor and Pastor Don at Faith Baptist who was a caring person who kind of took me under his wing and said, you know what? You're broken. You're hurt. Come here. Let me shield you. Let me help you. Let me be there for you. It's okay. Well, during that time, I'm at my lowest point. You know how they say rock bottom? You hit rock bottom. I didn't feel like I hit rock bottom. I felt like I was being pushed beyond rock bottom. I felt like the more I tried to dig, the deeper the hole got. And if someone out here is dealing with depression, you know exactly what I'm talking about. No matter what you do, you feel like there is no end in sight. So I got close to Pastor Don and his wife, Debbie. Don took me and said, come find rest here at the church. Let me show you how to reconnect with God. Well, at this point, I really didn't care about being reconnected with God. I just felt like I was wounded and wanted to hide. He said, no, come on. So I go through. He asked me to help out with a little program called Celebrate Recovery. I said, okay, I'll help out. I don't need it, but I'll help out. Well, I needed it. <laughs> so as a leader, I'm sitting here <laughs> in the things. And it was good because I was vulnerable to other people and they could see, but at first, I did not want to take it seriously, but it did help me. So then he said, all right, you need to get your prayer life right. I start working on my prayer life. I had stepped away from helping people and everything because I felt I was so wounded. I was so broken. God can't use me anymore. I'm a failure, and I keep hearing those things. Well, that's where Debbie stepped in. Debbie didn't take that, for, that, that excuse for anything. She'd come up to me. She, she was also the children's director at the church. She said, hey, we need somebody to teach Sunday school. I'm like, I, I, I like kids and all, Debbie, and my kids are in there, but I'm not the one for you. And she goes, you are. You need to get in there. Well, she, didn't she was from New Jersey. She didn't take no for an answer. So needless to say, I, I was helping out in, with the children's ministry. Then came VBS. Well, guess who had to get in there in the sports program? Jason, get in there with his kids. Yeah, but what did I tell you? Yes, ma'am. So I, she kept pushing me and pushing me and kept getting me connected. At that time, I was still hearing all the screaming and, and, and the, the hate and all this stuff in my mind. And it's so funny, Pastor Jonathan was just on this because we didn't coordinate these messages. 
But when he said, he, he, he goes, he says, all right, Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. That verse helped me refocus. All right, again, parents with ADD children, what would happen if you told your child to stay still for five minutes? The child would probably explode, okay? That is the way I felt. It's like, how in the world can I stay still whenever I hear all this stuff? How can I stay still when I need to be doing this? And I, shh, 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 shh. Be still and know. Be still. Shut up for a second, Jason, and just listen. So that became one of my, my, my life verses, my, my, my mottos. Okay, be still and know I am God. Be still and know I am God. And I started focusing on that. That became my motto, and I started finding my center. I started throwing all the distractions away, all these things that were in my life, I just kept throwing away. Okay, I'm not a good enough uh, father, okay? Let me handle the father thing. I'll give you that, okay? So God, God takes that away from me. Well, I'm not a good enough son. No, 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 no. I want you to be still and shut up, Jason. Okay, 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 okay. And I got to the point where I found my center. I know it's, it sounds all, oh my goodness, find your center, man. But no, it's, you do need to find your focus. And my focus was in God. And I didn't think about that. You know it as a Christian, but you don't think about where your focus is. One of the songs that the youth love to sing and we do is My Lighthouse. And that, that is a great example. You see the lighthouse whenever all the things are going on. You see the light, and that's where your focus is, and that's where you head. So I said, you know what? I need to find my center. Well, I felt guilty. I tell you, I felt so guilty for being so broken. How did I let myself get this way? Well, my teenagers know this one too. We've, we've talked about this one. A pastor friend of mine would always preach this. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And I think a lot of times we get in that moment to where it's okay to not be okay, and we wear that as a badge of honor. Guess what? We're broken. Look at us. <laughs> We're mentally ill, you know, whatever it is, and that's our badge of honor. That's not what God wants from us. It's okay to not be okay. It's not okay to stay that way. We need to keep moving towards him. So you know what? Be still and that's what I'm going to do. Be still. Then I started thinking, okay, okay, it's, it's okay to not be okay, but I have to fix it. I have to fix it. Well, I couldn't. God had to do it over time. So then I started focusing. All right, why am I here, God? Why? You, you, I thought you wanted me to be a dad, a husband, all this stuff. Why am I here? Because you took all that stuff away. Again, I was thinking about me instead of him. So I had to find my purpose, find out why I'm here. Well, there's a motto that goes with the Navigators. They're a, uh, a religious organization that was originally started, I believe, in the Navy. Um, but their motto um, is real simple, to know God and make him known. So I, I reduced it to that. All right, what's my purpose? Well, my, anytime anything goes on, what's my purpose? I need to know God. So I need to do everything I can to learn about God. And then I need to make him known. So if everything else falls away, that's what I need to do. You see, in the Plains states, whenever the blizzards would come in, the farmers would take a rope and they would tie from their house to a barn. Because guess what? When a blizzard happened, you still have animals. You still got to take care of them. 
And there were thousands of people who would leave their house to go 50 feet to the barn and they would never make it because it's so much stuff going around they couldn't see in front of their face. And they'd walk the wrong direction, they'd freeze to death. So what these people would do is they would tie a rope from their house to the barn. And the way they would do it is they would take the hand and walk across that rope till they got to the barn. Well, that was kind of my safety rope, is whenever things went crazy, then I go, okay, where am I at, where am I at? All right, how am I getting to know God and how am I making him known? And that became my focus. So again, now I have a third motto, know him and make him known. So be still and know that I'm God. It's okay to not be okay. It's not okay to stay that way. And then to know him and to make him known. Well, guys, this is where if you're going through something, some depression, then you can get something out of this. But let me talk to the people who have friends who know that their friend is going through a depression. I couldn't have gotten through it without my family and my friends. Um, I have a friend here. They're not here today, but David and Renee, real close friends of mine. Um, also, Pastor Don, Debbie. These are people who saw me wanting to stay in my house and not go anywhere. Saw me when they invited me to dinner. Come on, won't you come to dinner with me? I'm, no, it's okay. I've got something to do. They knew that I was just making up excuses. They said, no, 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 you're coming with us. Because, see, even when we have that line that we hold on to and go through, we like letting go and see if we can figure it out ourselves. That could be the worst mistake you can ever make. You've got to have that friend who sits there and goes, grab the line. Whether nicely and say, here, let me help you, or take your hand and say, hold on to this. And I want to challenge you guys, if you have a friend like that, be that friend. Get in their face if you need to, because they need you. I needed them. So I'm in this dark place. I'm trying to find my focus. I'm trying to find my center. I'm now trying to find my purpose. And I am going through, I'm seeing what I can do about finding my purpose. And this, and Debbie just kept on. You know what, Jason? I, I, I like that you were helping me with, with the children. But, you know, have you ever done anything with the soundboard? Because we're having a little problems with it. Yes, Miss Debbie, I'll go in there and do that. So I start running the sound on Sunday mornings. Well, that wasn't good enough because, you know, I, I wasn't staying busy enough. So she goes, you know, Jason, we have some help on, we need some help uh, worshiping on Sunday. You have no problem getting in front of people. We don't have anybody who's brave enough to do that. Can you come up there? But I can't sing that well. It doesn't matter. Get up here. Yes, ma'am. So then she goes, weren't you a youth pastor at one time? I said, yes. She goes, well, we have a youth ministry. I said, yes, ma'am. You have a youth pastor too. She goes, he could always use help. Yeah, but, you know, I, I'm not qualified enough. She goes, says who? But you, you see, I don't care. Go out there and help. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Miss Debbie. They kept putting me in places to where I could be successful. And I started finding my, my hope. I started finding my confidence. But even when you're in that, you start getting impatient. You start going, okay, God, yeah, I can see, I can see where you're using me now. I, I can see where my life can be something. You can use my broken pieces and make something beautiful. I see that. Then after a while, you start getting impatient. You start going, but when are you going to do something, God? When, when are you going to have that breakthrough? When are you going to have it to where I know that I have made it back up to the top of that, that mountain? God goes, that's not the way it works. Just, just, just wait. 
And the last verse that really impacted me during this time is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for your good, not for your disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You know, there's another version of it. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and hope. I think the one, the, 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 the one that says peace really gets me because he doesn't guarantee that you're going to have a super successful life. He doesn't guarantee anything. He just says, whatever the station you are in life that you need to be at, I'm going to give you peace about being in that place. And that's whenever I start getting anxious, he started giving me peace. So it was very, very important to me. Well, <laughs> Like things that keep happening, God decides to change things up a little bit. So I had this, what we were going to talk about for a while. Last night I came across something that beautifully, beautifully spoke to what I went through. And bless you up there, you got the video for me and I appreciate it. <laughs> and just watch this video real quick. I am broken, damaged, shattered, and crumbled to a million pieces. What started as a small crack in my windshield was never taken care of, and so it split and splintered and snapped until the whole thing exploded in my face, leaving me quite blind to see where I was going. How do you build yourself back up when every piece of who you are has been broken into a million pieces? When the pit would be a paradise compared to my present pain? When lifetimes of crying couldn't clean up this stain, I writhe from the floor, wondering what all this gore was for. Is there purpose to this pain? Can there be meaning in my mess? Where can I find beauty from my brokenness? And from this darkness? And when I can't find the strength to say it, much less pray it, suddenly I discover that my life can become a mosaic. A picture or pattern produced by putting together small, broken pieces. I will become an art piece, formed from the pieces of me that once put together reveals something far more beautiful, far more powerful, and far more wonderful than I ever dreamed of when I was whole. So break my body. Break my heart. You can't touch this soul. I may walk with a limp, but my spirit has never been stronger because after blow after blow, I'll build up slow and discover my new glow. So when you look at me, I want you to know that's not a scar. That's a beauty mark. Those aren't scabs. They're the armor of a mighty warrior. It's not a bruise, it's war paint. I want you to know, these tears, they're not for you. They're for watering the seed that fell to the ground and died. But with time, 
will produce an even stronger tree, stronger me. So chop me down, break me apart. You'll only add more wood to the fire from which I'll rise. And the size of my burden is only outdone by the size of my breakthrough when I shock the world and get made new from the pieces. million pieces. Like I said, when God says move, move. I saw that last night and I said, it's got to be in here. Guys, I was down in the pit, and I'm, I feel that God's bringing me into a new place in my life. And I'll tell you, this church right here, the day that I got the call that said, we would like for you to be our youth pastor, just erupted my heart that, yes, God can use me still. It was a mighty thing. It was a victory call for me. And you know what? I still got my scars, but they're not bleeding anymore. You know, I still get insecure. I do. I get insecure. Well, am I good enough? You know, but you know what? I know where my security is, though, now. Now I know. You know, I get lonely. But I know I'm not going to be alone because God's going to be there with us. You know, one of the things that I've always heard is when you're tired, God will give you rest. He gave me rest in my lifetime whenever I was going through the worst. And he picked me up and he put me back together. And I'm going to tell you, if you're going through a time right now where you think that you're in the pit right now, he is going to do something with you. You've just got to step up and say, it's, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. So let's close this in prayer. But thank you guys for having me today. And uh, have a great week. <laughs> Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for everyone here today. Lord, be with them as they go through their week and through their life. If anyone is struggling right now with their feeling of worthlessness, with their finding their purpose, God, just speak to their heart right now. And Lord, if anyone else in here has a friend who's going through this, give them the wisdom to say the right words, to be there for that person. Lord, you are mighty. You make beautiful things from our brokenness, God. And I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.